tomorrow. Looks like a good chance daily, Saturday and Sunday, too. Showers and thunderstorms, mostly moderate, sometimes heavy rains. Early morning, 70s, followed by the afternoon highs that'll go mostly to the mid, possibly even the upper 80s through the weekend. We'll be tracking the next several days. The new tropical storm, Elsa, expected to be a minimal tropical storm moving into the Caribbean. It eventually could emerge into the southeast gulf by Monday. We are the boy Your tween made you see. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five anointing. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/slash/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Still no? I didn't see all I'm getting is feedback myself. Yeah, no, but all I'm getting is feedback. I don't, I don't know why that is. Oh, yeah? Okay. All right. Well, then I'll just take off the headset and, and, uh, and go like that because I, I definitely see uh, that you can hear me now and um, I'm but I'm getting nothing but feedback here. Oh, man, it's just <laughs> every day it's something new. Uh, Patty, I guess you better just um, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Oh, we're back. Oh, oh, okay. I was I was kind of waiting for you to do music. 
Uh, all right. Um, it's, it's still there. It's, it's still there. So I'm just going to go ahead and Patty, just text me, uh, when I get a caller and we're just going to go with that until we can work on it at the next break. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Marianne Fitzmorris, and this is the food show. And I uh, had just—I've ju we've just had a lunch that um, I'm absolutely astonished by. I don't. There is there are service problems, and there are service problems. And we eat out in restaurants, as I say so very many times. And um, there are service problems that are just the, well, there's a lot of service problems right now because people don't have people to eat. I mean, not to eat, but to work. And so the, uh, you know what, Patty, I'm, I'm sorry, is BJ there? Because there, I'm not going to be able to do the show like this. I, there's just... There's just no way. Um, so please put on some PSAs, and we're going to have to get this feedback issue worked out. Okay? Good morning, class. Okay, A quick so head count. What, Tiffany. What here. Zach. Yup. Steven. Steven. Is he absent again? For many kids, just getting to school feels like a challenge. Staying through graduation is even harder. That's where Communities and Schools comes in. A powerful community of caring adults, working with vulnerable kids in schools every day, helping them overcome the barriers that stand in the way of learning, hunger, homelessness, health problems, and even emotional trauma. Communities in Schools, we're inside schools partnering with teachers and counselors, empowering at-risk kids by providing supportive relationships, doing whatever it takes to help them thrive in school and have brighter futures. Communities in Schools, we're in schools to help kids stay in school. See how we help all kids succeed at communitiesinschools.org. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? babies made what does this thing do kids are curious about everything including guns talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step but you can do more always keep your guns locked unloaded and stored separately from ammunition storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire including unintentional shootings for more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe visit endfamilyfire.org that's endfamilyfire.org what do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Are we back? Okay. So uh, yesterday, first of all, let me explain what happened yesterday. Uh, the internet was down at the station, and it was going to take a very long time to fix it and so um that went into the food show and i think they finished probably after the show so we did not have a show yesterday and i was wondering if maybe this problem was tied to that but it looks like everything is back now 
All right, Patty, let's start the show over. Do the music. Let's start the show over. Totally. We're also training Patty on the board, so uh, I can't just like ask her to stop on a dime like that. <laughs> okay, so we'll go without the music then. Hi, it's the Food Show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Let's start having some fun now. Although I, I tell you the truth, I started the show annoyed before we started with the technical issues because we just had a lunch. And I'm going to employ Tom's rule about this because it's very unflattering. And for those people who are astute listeners, and you know who you are, you'll be able to figure this out. I am not going to say the name of the restaurant, but somewhere along the line in the next week or so, it's going to click. Uh, because I we had... Um, delicious food, delicious food, but I'm not going to talk about the food because I'm going to talk now about the uh, restaurant. Um, I, you know, my, I, I stay when I travel, I stay at a lot of places where the clientele is not like me, where the clientele is, um, generally speaking, much wealthier than I am. And their entire life is where they get their butt kissed all the time. And I don't, I mean, I, I just, that's just not my thing. I just happen to really like to stay in places like that. But when I go to California and my son is with me and people are trying to kiss my butt and I, I don't, I, I just thwart them. He goes, mom, look, that's what they get paid to do. This is the kind of place where kissing butts is part of their job. So just like, let them do it. And, and I, I, so I don't really feel comfortable necessarily having my butts, my butt kicked, not kicked, but kissed. Actually, I, my butt was kicked this time. So um, I don't actually like having my butt kissed. It's not something I demand. It frankly makes me uncomfortable. But there are service issues and they run a gamut. And I, I don't actually, you know, my daughter says, mom, you're just like the worst person for a person to wait on because I'm told that I am rude and maybe I am, but what it is, I think, is that I'm just really direct, you know? So it's like, okay, with like two unsweet iced teas, he's going to need some pink things. I need some extra lemon. And this it comes off, I think, to people as rude. And so if I've done that to you, I apologize. It's a blanket apology. Um, we were just, I feel, really insulted um, there are waiters who are just generally inept and that's okay too, you know, especially now when it's hard to find people to wait on you. There are service issues that are kind of beyond the, um, it, it's beyond the fault of the server. You know, like we had a kind of a hilarious service issue, uh, recently where the young lady, told us that she had just, that was like her first night in the job. And 
we were sitting outside and the poor thing had a big party at the same time. And, and I just felt sorry for her. Those are service issues. But I feel like Tom has always said that if you are not, if you're in a first class place and you are not drinking wine, if you are an iced tea drinker in a first class place, the server automatically assesses you as a low spender and maybe not a good tipper. And so sometimes you will be served accordingly. Well, I find that annoying enough because I'm sorry, I don't drink and I've never been a drinker. And when Tom used to drink, he would do the drinking for the table so I could slide in there. But I feel like when assessments are made, and this is just goes along with the general prejudging that everyone talks about, about everything. I just, it's like, I feel like you can't really size up a table, you know, just upon sight. Now, I don't dress very well, generally speaking, and Tom at this moment is certainly not either. So I don't know, maybe it was that. But this was a small group in this restaurant. There were four tables. There were two tables when we arrived. So it was not like this was, you know, a crush of people or anything. But I just felt like from the moment we sat down that we were beneath the notice of the waiter. And I'm going to I'm going to pick up on this cuz I have several examples of why I feel this way, but I'm I'm annoyed beyond belief about this because I just don't believe that that's the way you should treat any table, you know? I mean, I don't I don't generally get slighted very often, but I definitely feel slighted right now. And I'm wondering how other people feel like this and what you do about it. I've talked about this before and I'm going to I'm going to finish this uh train of thought stream of consciousness, but um we're going to go ahead and take a break because we're getting a little behind and we will be back. And I would love to hear from you on this subject. 556-9696. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is five girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. I get misty just holding your hand. Thank you, Tom. Gosh, it's starting to blow up out here. It's like another rainstorm coming. It's a good excuse not to cut the grass yet again. So uh, we sit down. First of all, we we asked for a table by the window, and there were, you know, it was lunch. Uh, it is a special Friday lunch, and um, the, there were tables by the window, and, and I like to sit by the light. So I asked for a table and they said, let me check with the server, <laughs> which I thought was kind of an odd thing. Um, I mean, I know that servers are specifically assigned to places, but if it's not a very busy place, then if the waiter walks a few more feet, is that really a problem? So we sat down and um, there were two people 
waiting on us and the bus or the second waiter was far more attentive, far more everything than the actual waiter. And uh, we sat down and the menu was, you know, I checked to see if there was a lunch menu. And I, uh, I asked if there was a lunch menu because we, we were handed what looked like a dinner menu, but it was actually all the same menu. It was just a very small section of the menu that was sandwiches. And um, so I, we ordered two sandwiches, and um, I'm not going to say what they were because that would help to give away where this place was. We were presented with um, an amuse-bouche, and it, it was just, it, it was impossible to get the attention of the waiter for anything. And he, there were two or three other tables, but he was talking to them and being generally attentive to them. And I almost had to get up every time I wanted to say anything to him or ask a question or anything. And so I, uh, I asked about getting like an appetizer size of the amuse-bouche. It was that good. And he said, well, you know, the entrees are going to be coming out. And, and I said, okay, I mean, if, if, they, if they are, then that's fine. But if they're not, you know, is it possible to do this? And he said, well, I mean, I guess I could check, but I'm going to, uh, I think they're probably coming out. It was a good five minutes or longer before the entrees came out anyway. And it was just, it was just a general feeling that I had, that I almost had to get up to go talk to him every time. And I was just kind of stunned at this kind of service at a place like this. So I'm wondering if, so there's another theory that I, this doesn't happen that often. I mean, it's happened a handful of times. And I'm always left with the dilemma of, I would love to tip this waiter accordingly. But if I tip the waiter accordingly, it's going to confirm the suspicions that brought us to this place in the first place. So I always wind up tipping more than the waiter deserved to be tipped for this kind of service because I don't want them to think, aha, I'm right. <laughs> This is very complex. It's complicated and very psychological. And uh, but I just am really disgusted at this moment. So uh, who is on the line? Michael. It's Michael seventy five or or Mike. No, just regular Michael. Not Mike. Oh, play. Or seven, just the other Mike. Just other. plain old Michael. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to touch on two things, and one is the topic at hand, and. I, I can. I've worked in the restaurant business. I've waited tables. I've worked in the kitchen. There's absolutely no excuse for that type of or lack of service. Uh, and when I go in a place, and if I feel like I'm getting the cold shoulder, I, I want to just leave, quite frankly. But if we're in the middle of a situation where we've ordered and that kind of thing, I do exactly like you. 
I'm going to tip the normal way. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm never going to darken your doorway again. And when people the ask food was so place, good, though. I'm going to crash. Well, you know what? The food may be great, but service to me is is on par with the food. And I'm just not going Oh, to... it is. No, no, it's part of the experience for sure. I mean, but Tom's been saying ever since we left, boy, that was good. And I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe grab it so, to go. But, you know, there's no know. excuse for that uh, whatsoever. And I don't care. You, you are exactly right. I mean, there is a certain, you, you stereotype people by, yeah, if they order a cocktail when they get there, you know that's going to be a high dollar table. You know that. Uh, okay, okay. And, but if they if they order tea, I, I would never look at that in my days, and that's been a long time ago. I know that if I provide ex, if I provided excellent service, I was going to make money. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have time to discriminate between, well, maybe they're going to give me a little more or this one's not. Mm-hmm. And you should be happy as a server to have as many tables as you can reasonably handle in your section mm-hmm. and treat everybody attentively. If you're over there stuck in your phone or waiting on the smoke break, I mean, those people, I, I don't know. Get another, get a different job. Okay, well, let me ask uh, you this as a server. You were a server mm-hmm. at one time, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so there were at most, at most, four tables occupied in the entire restaurant. Now, I did pay attention to this because I was wondering if there were any other servers or if he was, in fact, the only server. And and I think it's possible that he could have been the only server. But I feel like a server of even moderate, um, you know, efficiency uh, should be able to handle four tables at one time. Is that an incorrect assessment? No, that's absolutely correct. And in fact, okay. I don't, it's been years ago, but I mean, a, a, a section for a server, and it obviously kind of depends on the type of the restaurant. I and mean, if we're talking about a more of a fine We're talking about a place. first class restaurant where the special today was $39 at well, lunch. you know, Four tables is certainly not too many to handle in a section, and and that every one of your – so you should not stop moving. If you're – I mean, uh, as a server, there's no – if you're – and so if you're stuck with all the tables in a section in the restaurant, then you don't stop moving. You're moving the whole time, and you're going around to your tables. Do they need a refill of this beverage? Do they need this or that? Are you pre-bussing the tables? Whatever. Well, see, that was actually what was going on except for our table. It was like three tables were getting that kind of service, and and we weren't. Now, well, it might have been that like he was annoyed I mean, I that know. I asked for a different table. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? Well, again, no, no. That should not – but, again, that shouldn't bother anybody. They're there. The customer's always right, and unless your expectations or requests are unreasonable, which that's uh-huh. not unreasonable. It's I don't think so thing. either. Hi, I like a table by the window, or I like one over here. That yeah. if somebody gets put off by that, again, I say you're in the wrong industry. Yeah, because you're there I mean, to serve. <laughs> I mean, he only had to walk six more feet, you know. Uh, so I, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I don't know what we could have done simply by walking in and sitting down, but uh, clearly, this table in his mind was you know, just not worthy of his attention. I'll tell you Period. what, here's the experiment you do the next time. You go in there, and you go, when you sit down, you order one of Michael 75's, or whatever he says, Chateau Jean Lafitte, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, 
such a high standard for you to live up to if your name is Michael. <laughs> Let's see if you get better service then. All right. Now, I don't want to keep you all day, and I, I, but my other thing I want to talk about briefly, because this Go. is a topic you talk about all the time. I do, because I, we eat out all the time. I have a lot of experiences. Well, right. but this is a, well, and this is another topic you touch on, too, and that is the fresh cut rice. Oh, yeah. Now, let me tell you, I worked, when I was in college, I worked at a burger joint. It's a local chain. I think it was out of Florida, but there was something. But anyway, I won't say what the place is. It doesn't matter. But it was a burger joint, and that's what mm-hmm. we served was burgers, fries. Now, we baked our own buns, uh, which was not difficult. You made your own buns? Was, you, know, you made your own yeah. buns? We made our own buns. Now, we baked them. We baked our own buns. So they would come in frozen, you know, the frozen dough, and you proof them and bake them. Uh, mm-hmm. And that made a big difference. But we had fresh-cut fries. Mm-hmm. And you did it very similarly to what um, uh, Stan Meadows said a week or two back about it was it was a simple process. The potatoes come in. You wash the potatoes. There's a wall-mounted potato fry uh, smasher, whatever you want to call it. You put the potato on there, and you push it down, and it for it cuts the potato into the you know kind of standard quarter-inch yeah, square yeah. Mm-hmm. fries. You don't have to mm-hmm. peel the potatoes. You know the potatoes, and they go in a 55-gallon bucket that's filled with water. It goes into a walk-in cooler. It sits overnight. Okay, wait, I have to stop you, right? Can, can I stop you? Can we come back? Can you hold on? Yeah. Because I have a hard sure. break. Okay, we'll be back Absolutely. with Michael. Just plain Michael. That's what you're going to be now. Just, Just plain, plain Michael. Michael. Okay, there we go. It it's 2.30. And uh, we'll be back if you'd like to talk about this. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I sound like I'm fuming, but I kind of am. 5569696 is the number. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. More with the food show. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Governor John Bill Edwards announced that he has now acted on all legislation from the 2021 regular session. 477 bills have now been signed into law and the governor has vetoed 28 bills. Edwards says he limited the unnecessary waste of taxpayer dollars by using his line item veto authority on certain items in the budget and capital outlay bills. Among the veto bills are anti-transgender legislation and the concealed carry without a permit bill. If a veto session is called, it would be held July 20th. Both chambers must agree to hold a veto session. Operation Dry Water, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries campaign to keep impaired boaters off the water is underway. Boating Education Coordinator Lieutenant Dean Aquin says if you're caught driving impaired while operating a vessel on water, it'll also impact your driving privileges on the road. In Louisiana, anyone side for DWI in the water or on the road, they'll lose their driving privileges, boating privileges as well. LRN. A sizzling T-bone steak, a mouth-watering char-grilled hamburger, a slow-smoked brisket. There are plenty of reasons to grill beef this summer. With 29 cuts of lean, protein-packed beef to choose from, there's always something succulent to serve to your family. So this Independence Day weekend and all summer long, be the hero of your backyard barbecue by serving what everybody wants, the delicious taste of certified Louisiana beef. So remember, beef, it's what's for dinner. Brought to you by the Louisiana Cattle Producers through the Louisiana Beef Industry Council and the Beef Checkoff. I'm Jim Harper, President of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. 
Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville, or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state, and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, Nova Title Group, and ARC Insurance consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Live from the Funky Uncle. Live from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.thefunkyuncle.live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on July 7th, it's the Bucktown All-Stars and on July 14th, the James Booker Tribute. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to thefunkyuncle.live and of course, follow us on social media. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes, indeed. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Okay, back to Michael. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to have to hold you over. Okay, so. Uh, you know, Stan sent me a picture from Doe's Eat Place. He did make it to Doe's last night. He sent me a picture of an old couple of gallon pot with fries sitting in it. So I think that's what you're talking about. Well, yeah, something like that. We used to do it in a, what would be, I guess, a, a garbage can, you know, 55 gallon <laughs> uh-huh. white, you know, food industry, food grade yeah. container. Yeah. And it was uh-huh. on wheels. And you would, and that was one of your jobs in the kitchen. You stamp out the potatoes to make the fries. You fill up that container. It's filled with water and mm-hmm. rolled into the walk-in cooler. Mm-hmm. And those, they did have to sit 24 hours. And I think the water, of course, you know, once you cut potatoes, you either got to cook them or do something with them because they're right. going to brown. They're going right. to get spotty. But if you leave them in the water, and I don't think we added anything to that. I don't remember adding sugar or what did Stan say, like vinegar or something? I don't remember doing that. But they were great uh, fresh-cut fries. But my point is, is I don't – the process is not very difficult. And so I don't – I'm with you. I don't understand why, and I can guarantee you that it's a lot cheaper to buy bulk Idaho potatoes <laughs> uh, than it is to buy the yeah. uh-huh. god-awful – Fry, frozen mm-hmm. fries, mm-hmm. which I'm like, you know, to me, they're a waste. And when I go somewhere, yeah. you know, if it's a, a local seafood place or something, mm-hmm. and the seafood platter is going to have fries, yeah. I'm like, can I swap those out for the boiled potatoes? Yeah, or, yeah or but wouldn't you like some because nice fresh-cut fries with it? I mean, it just seems to go together. Who does it? Right. Yeah. Well, it would be great. Well, and it's not a difficult right. thing. But I, you need to tell me who, who, what this chain was that you worked for, because if you're doing... Was, this was a place, uh, this was a chain, and I and I know the, the one where I worked, because I went to Auburn University uh, in Auburn, Alabama, mm-hmm. and it was Cheeburger, Cheeburger. <laughs> and there, there, yeah. Now, you know where that name came from, if you recall. That yeah, was, uh, so this is like in the, the 70s, 80s, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. And this was the John Belushi. It was the Skittle yeah. Saturday Night Live. You know, yeah. The cheeseburger, uh-huh. cheeseburger fried milk, cheeseburger uh, fried fifty. <laughs> that was it. Uh, and it's gone. So it's a, is it gone? No, it's still there. It's still there. Oh, they're there. Well, yeah. I mean, you should definitely give them a shout out. Are they still doing the fresh cut fries? Because you know, yeah, everybody uses it. Yeah, they do. Because well, see, so I feel like you should give somebody meat. a shout out for taking those extra steps. Fresh ground beef, baked their buns and made their potatoes. Oh, uh, their French fries. Okay, fresh we're potatoes. gonna have to find out. Uh, Stan, if you're listening, swing into Cheeburger, Cheeburger, because Stan's still up there uh, driving around. So anybody uh, know how? Florida. Okay. Okay. I'm going to look it up. We'll look it up and see if there's a Cheeburger, Cheeburger, and I'd like to know if somebody's been there lately. If their standards are still that high, first of all, they should definitely still be there. And secondly, uh, people should know about that. Because that's Absolutely. that's well, taking that's the extra step. Yeah. All right, Michael. All right. Well, I really appreciate my, your call. Uh, you're welcome. There's the <laughs> gripes for the day. I think that uh, Don definitely, I don't know if he's had one of his gripes, has been poor service in the restaurant. But it Oh, yeah, be. yeah, yeah. He has. He has. Okay. What do you think of that? I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Although I will, this is my only critique. When you set up the scenario as Don, you know, in a smoking jacket with a yes, champagne yes. on the leather, and uh-huh. then we hear the ba da da from uh, the Muppets, uh-huh. I, I uh-huh. don't know that the music <laughs> Well, he, he really wanted <laughs> he really wanted that music in particular. Okay. But, uh, well, but when we redo it, when we redo it, we're going to have the music much lower because I don't want you to be able to notice surprising. the music. Okay. Well, yeah. that, that is right. funny that he picked that. Okay. Thanks, Marianne. Yeah. Love the, love the show. <laughs> you take Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Call again, please. <laughs> All right. Let's go to right, Steve. I asked Patty Steve. if I could talk. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I asked Patty if I could talk to Eeyore. <laughs> and she stopped for about as I, long as you did and started laughing and went, okay. <laughs> I, so, I, uh, I, I could be actually, that, that could be a, um, an accurate assessment, but not in this case. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, I totally. I actually I, think of well, myself as Job right now. Go ahead. Okay. Now, one of the things that I agree with you is, we, my wife and I, have been going to Saltines for their Tuesday mm-hmm. night oysters, yeah. uh-huh. and I'm going to tell you that the service they need to work on it, but they're incredibly nice and friendly. I can put up with it. I can put yeah. up with mm-hmm. not real good service, not real accurate service, not real uh-huh. prompt service. If they're yes. nice people and incredibly friendly yes. and you know that's, but when you start, and the price point me, is okay. You know, you don't that, expect this kind of service in a place like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But that's what I'm saying. If you, now you start getting rude with me, and I can get ugly too. Yeah, you know. Um, but I'm also disagree with you. Tom's always been, don't say the name of the place until you tell him what the problem was, and then he would probably ask you if your gripes were legitimate. He would probably ask you what the name of the place was. Yes. Well, the, this is not Tom, though. 
I know. Okay, you said you because were I'm not Tom's. finished. I'm not finished fuming. Okay, I'm not yeah. done. Okay. But now the but, phones are loaded, and I want to let everybody get their their piece in. But I'm I'm not done. I'm I'm really annoyed. <laughs> All right. Well, so. are you going to let us know at the end who it was? No, I'm not. Was? But you know what? If you are an astute listener, this is why I gave you clues. I think I you do are know. an astute listener. I, think I do know. But within the next week, you should be able to put it together. Okay, right. so that means I gotta keep listening. Damn. Okay. Yeah, but you will right. anyway. You know it. You'd never <laughs> miss it. Bye. Later. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Michael seventy five. Hey, good afternoon. He... I, I feel hey. terrible. I feel terrible. You know why? No, you, why? You, I think it was a couple of days ago you told us a a, a problem that Oxlot was moving and I I thought it might have been because of my review. <laughs> don't flatter yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've had a couple of reviews and they went down within the next week or two. But anyway, uh, this is a good review. The, the, the best dessert in the city, and uh, this even surpasses the bread pudding souffle at Commander's, is, is on the menu now. It used to be off the menu at Biblos. It's called Ashta, A-S-H-T-A. It's made with pistachios, um, rose water, and a, wrap, a custard wrapped in a phyllo uh, pastry. That sounds exactly like something you would get in the real Biblos. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I mean the place, the place, my fantasy in place. In, yeah. in Lebanon you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. By the way, here's something uh, that uh, you and I have in common. I had the Oh, come on. You're going to ruin my day even worse? I've I've got some more for you. The other night, uh, I um, had the munchies, so I I had bought some brioche bread, okay? And uh, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a bread sandwich with this delicious brioche and put Vienna sausage in it. So that's what I did, and it was very good. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i can't okay. take it a couple of days ago you were searching for a term i want to help you out it's playing your cards close to the vest oh thank you thank okay. you uh, another help out uh, the, uh, the tom fitzmaurice uh, bourdain uh, uh, episode on no reservations i think it was was 2008 uh-huh. 2008 i looked it up Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so the one you're talking about, not the Antoine's one. No, the real one. Yeah. Okay, because I was about to say, I know the Antoine's one was after 2009 because we didn't really, he wasn't really in our consciousness until after 2009. Right. So I don't know when that was. Okay. Okay. 2008. 2008. Okay. Well, that was close Uh, to Katrina, so I could see that. So uh, yeah. you were talking about Peter Paul Rubens, one of my favorites, the other day. We we yes. brought back a, a copper uh, likeness of him, which we have in our kitchen uh, from Paris. And uh, but anyway, I love. He's got twenty four gigantic paintings in the Louvre that are fabulous. Oh really? Of all, wow! Of all his, you know, all, all his Rubenesque ladies. You know, paintings can be so evocative. We were in, I'm trying to think of where we were. It might, I don't know. I don't know. But it was some, 
it was some museum in Europe and there was a there was a painting on the wall and the eyes of the person in it it was a woman were so I, her, the look in her eyes was like she was in the room and she was soliciting everyone for sex. I mean, it was just that. It was, I, I, I wish I could have remembered. I wish I could remember where it was. And I, I would love to have written it down and gotten the name of it because it is such, I've never seen a painting like that. I, I mean, I took a double take. It was like, Golly. And I mean, they really can be remarkable, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, that's uh, way uh, off the subject. Go ahead. What? No, real quick. No, the Stendhal system, which you, uh, syndrome, which you were talking about. A man, uh, it's on YouTube, had a heart attack while staring at Botticelli's <laughs> masterpiece, a piece, The Birth of Venus. Well, uh, see, so it can yeah, have an effect. Yeah. In the Uffizi Gallery in Florence. Anyway, I'm going to give you a quick uh, rundown of my favorite paintings around the world. Starry Night. Oh, quickly, because, Michael, I am I, I, I don't have time for you today. Oh, okay, I've got, like, fine. three if people you, on if, hold. If, this if, is... if you quit talking, it's going to be about a minute and a half. <laughs> Starry Good. Night in MoMA, New York. Uh, whistle Jacket in the National Gallery. Uh, let's see. Oh, it was a creation of Adam in the uh, Sistine Chapel in the Vatican. Uh, the School of Athens, uh, Raphael in the in the Vatican, also in the, and uh, Ra Raphael's uh, fresco of uh, the Supper at Emmaus. If you follow it, Jesus' eyes followed you all throughout the room. Yeah, see, it's and they I, they can really do it with paintings. Yeah. Oh, oh does it? And uh, let's see. Hold on. Then Liberty leading the people in. Um, in the Louvre also by Delacroix. Uh, a lot of people get that confused. It's the 1830 revolution instead of the 1789 French revolution, the famous one. This is the 1830 revolution in Paris, which deposed an evil king at that time. And that's the subject of Les Mis, and it's also the subject of the painting. But everybody thinks it's the French revolution. I got to I gotta get a job as a guide in the Louvre. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, no, Michael. No time for sergeants. Okay. Goodbye. All right. Uh, we uh, please hold on, uh, everyone who is holding on, because it's just so exciting to to have calls. So, um, I, I mean, I know you're supposed to be more dignified than that, but the truth is, I'm super excited. So please hold on. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, we will be back though after these messages. Five five six nine six nine six. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavor like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. 
celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. I do so much more appreciate Tom singing us into and out of breaks rather than walking around stepping on the dog. Let's go to Greg. Marianne, happy Friday. Thank you. You too. Hey, I wanted, speaking of Tom's songs, I'll make it real quick because I know you had people on hold. If you had to pick one, I hate to put you on the spot, what's your favorite? Hmm. Oh, no, only the ones that he's on the on the on the show though. Yeah. No, not not every not every yeah. Um I think the Misty one is nice. Um yeah. but actually I like the Gershwin tune just because I like Gershwin. What about you? Me too. I, yep, you hit the nail on the head. That's that's by far and away my favorite one. The and Gershwin? Does have a very nice voice. Yeah, the Gershwin, yep. Yeah, the Gershwin um, tune. Yeah. Many times. Very, yeah. very nice yeah. voice. I uh, love hearing it. But he I does. Like, so Michael, Michael Stole My Thunder, I sent you an email about the Stendhal, the Florence effect. And, uh, oh, so yeah, I didn't respond. Enough, to, I did, didn't I? I no, responded okay. to that. No, no, no oh. worries. No, it's fine. It's fine. But I just wanted to uh, <laughs> to just – that's just bizarre. I mean, I totally understand because Florence is absolutely beautiful. But uh, psychologically, I'm mystified by that. It's so crazy to have such a <laughs> – an effect on you, yeah. and I, I, I mean, I'm sure like you have too. We've all seen, you know, we travel, we see beautiful places, yeah. but um, yeah. that just speaks volumes. So Florence is very, you know, very nice. But actually, you know, Sienna has that same look to it, and all yeah. that middle part there of the Tuscan region, it, it all does. But but it's really interesting that there is, in fact, a name for it. But that is still not the name that Tom has called it. And I, I looked it up on the website, and I didn't see it. So I guess we'll never know. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. 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 It's not, um, it was an Italian word. Yeah, the, the name, like you said, I, I think I've heard it before, but anyway. So, it was an Italian uh, word. Any big mm-hmm. plans? Any any dining out this for the 4th this weekend? What are you guys up to? Uh, we're probably going to eat here. Um, yeah. I'm going to go pick up a lot of fried chicken tomorrow for a chicken piece I'm writing for. Uh, oh, wow. For a, uh, For where? For fried chicken day. What? From where? Uh, from Joey Kay's, from Liuza's, and from Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop. Nice. There you go. Yeah. And I need to check and see if the, if the Roosevelt still has Carl's Fried Chicken because I do want to um, – I do want to include that. So yeah, I'm going to do a. It's it's National Fried Chicken Day on Tuesday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write something. So I need to go collect fried. I'm going to. This is this is our job. I'm going to go collect fried chicken. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Porter and Luke. It's such a ridiculous a existence. What? Doesn't Porter and Luke have a good fried chicken? They do, but I know that one intimately. Okay. I it, it's it's ones I'm not familiar with that are doing fried chicken. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So well, Furies will be in there and Porter and Luke. Go ahead. What? How about Popeyes? <laughs> no, 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 because that's this is restaurant. This this is yeah, a piece gotcha. having to do with the yeah the restaurant experience. 
So. Well, I'll leave anyway. you with this one thing, though. I don't know if they're open or not, and I know they're a hotel restaurant, but do you know Bourne at the Hyatt? Yeah. Bourne had a very, yeah. again, it's been about three years, though, maybe, but they had a wonderful fried chicken, by the way. Very good. Oh, well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check on that. Thank you for the tip. Yeah. Now, that was Brian Landry, so maybe there's yeah. a Jack Rose fried chicken. So I, I'll have maybe to check on is. that. Thank yep. you for the tip. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Okay, appreciate well, Marianne, it. Marianne, have a good weekend. Happy 4th happy of July. Happy to you too. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, take Thank care. All right, is Luis still there? Luis, is this Luis Colonaris? Yes, it is. I didn't know it was going to Hey know. there. Uh, what's the name? Listen. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. I want to tell you I'm doing a Mandina's in uh, Spanish Fort in Alabama for um, for Tony Mandina and uh, Frank Layuza and uh, Matthew Ahern. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Start that over again. I'm doing a Mandina's restaurant in uh, Spanish Fort, Alabama. For Frank Layuza, has permission to do a few of the Mandina's restaurants. He has one, I think, in Covington. And uh, he's building two more, and we're doing one in Spanish Fort, Alabama, uh, Mobile. No kidding. Huh. Yep. Well, that... (laughs) No kidding. Now, see, this this is great information and coming from a most unusual place. I love yeah. it. W- when did you start work, and when is it supposed to be completed? We started about six, eight weeks ago. I did a uh, three-dimensional mural. I have a streetcar coming out of the mural, and I have uh, Mandinas uh, on the railroad track. And the problem was that I had to actually call the RTA and have the tracks moved because uh, my uh, my uh, design... The streetcar goes down North Cortez instead of Canal Street. Because if you look at uh, the streetcar, you see the parking lot of Mandinas instead of the front of Mandinas. <laughs> that's that's really that's really fascinating. I'm just uh, I'm super excited that you called with that news. For those people who are not aware of who Luis Columnares is, just about every uh, certainly every metal installation in restaurants around town and a lot of other art uh, is is attributed to Luis Columnares. What's some of your favorite stuff that you've done? Oh, my gosh. Redfish Grill, I think, has always been my favorite, you know? But, uh, you know, we did the door handles at um, Emeralds. That's pretty much the only thing that's left at Emeralds of ours. But, uh, you know, lots of restaurants, uh, Muriel's. Um, gosh, um, there's tons yeah, of, it's really, uh, that's like, that's like somebody asking what's my favorite or Tom, what's his favorite restaurant. It's like, yeah, wow, really, so much to choose from. <laughs> but we did a five and a half foot, uh, floor de Lee in front of Duke's restaurant. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Lee's I remember it. that. The big, yeah. the big floor de Lee in front of Dabs is Luis. Um, yeah, I'm cool. glad to see you're still busy as ever. You're still in the same place. Yeah, we're in Chalmette, still the same place. Uh, we miss your daughter as one of our artists. You know, <laughs> uh, you have to come play one day. Uh, gosh, if only there was time. Yeah, I'm going to tell her hello for you. I know that she'll be delighted to hear from you. She's She was working out there with um, 
downtown fab works which i don't know how far away that is yeah you know dan over there so i thought her you know all the things she does i'm pretty proud of her <laughs> yes us too us too right now she's designing kitchens so she's um She's she just she she can't decide what she wants to be when she grows up. So she just keeps doing different stuff. But you know, yeah, but hopefully it'll all come together. I, I reinvent myself every few years. You know, that's that's her. Her too. Anyway, well, I'm glad yeah. you're still listening, Luis. I know that you know you started listening with Tom. I'm glad you're still listening. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah. you know, shows a little bit different. Yeah, y'all are my but, favorite people in the world. You know. So. Take care. I'm a little glad to hear from you. So you working for any big Hollywood celebs these days? Uh, you know, we we finished a few movies, but a lot of the movies have left town. So I'm hoping they're yeah. coming back. But, you know, our, our last one was Grudge Match with Sylvester Stallone. So. Mm. Okay. Yes, yeah, a while ago. All right. Well, thank you, Louise, for calling. That is interesting information. I'm going to find out some more about that. I appreciate it. Now, is Frank Lyusa... The, is Frank Lyusa from Lyusa's or Lyusa's by the track? Now, Frank Lyusa's is the Copeland's branch. You'll remember Copeland's opened a lot of restaurants, and Frank was a operator of a lot of the Copeland's restaurants. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I know and, it's a big family. All right. Yeah. Matthew Ahern has the Irish Museum, and he's a builder, and he used to build a lot of the stuff for Copeland's, too. And I think it's called F and E, you know, like the interiors and uh, you know where you know all the tables go and everything. And uh, he's a partner with Frank. Okay, when you said Tony Mandina, you don't mean Tony Mandina like out in Gretna. No, Tony Mandina's on 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 Canal Street. Old man. Okay, Tony. so that Mandina. Well, they're all named. They're all named Tony. They're all named Frank. They're all named Mandina. But they're and they're kind of related. But they're like there's, there's Tony Mandinas on the West Bank, and that's yeah. a totally different thing. That's strictly Italian. Oh, yeah. yeah, Italian. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to ask her why didn't she tell me that. Okay, so I'm glad to get that straight. All right, so Louise. <laughs> coming up to the top of the hour. Thank. Hmm. Okay. Bye bye. Take thanks. care. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks. All right. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. We may or may not have a guest at three o'clock. We shall just, you know, it, it's a cliffhanger. We'll see. But um, we started this topic of conversation having to do with service. So do you, just to take us up to the top of the hour, Patty, I was going to ask you this anyway. Do you have strong thoughts about service ever? I do. I, you know, I waited tables for a while, too. I think everybody who lives in New Orleans did at one point. But mm -hmm. I, I really, I try to be understanding. And I'm like you. I always leave a bigger tip than I should just to prove them wrong. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I really, I, I, it really aggravates me. And I'll think twice before I go back to a place if we get bad service. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to play mind games with servers. And so I usually don't, uh, I usually do wind up tipping, you know, like today I tipped 15%, which I was really annoyed to do because I really didn't want to. But I didn't want him to think that his, <clears throat> his surmising was correct. And I, and I don't want, 
I don't want to think that much about a relationship that I have for an hour with a perfect stranger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And you know, a lot of times it's bizarre (laughs) when you go back, that person's not there anymore. Well, that's why I'm not saying the name of the restaurant. But anyway, (laughs) um, it, it was extremely annoying, but it was, it was, it was not annoying. You can be annoyed a lot. It's insulting. And this is, um, I agree. I'm trying to think. I've only had one other time like that. All right, 3 o'clock, WGSO New Orleans. Time for the news from Louisiana Radio Network. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Life is coming back to America. More than 47 million Americans are expected to travel for the 4th of July holiday weekend, according to AAA. 43.6 million Americans will travel by car with the highest gas prices in seven years. An additional 3.5 million people are expected to fly, bringing airlines back to 90% of pre-pandemic traffic. The Border Patrol announced this week three illegal immigrants have been arrested in Sierra Blanca, Texas, for breaking into a home, stealing guns, ammunition, and clothing. Sierra Blanca is 90 miles southeast of El Paso on the I-10. Texas landowner Allison Anderson on Fox News says things continue to get worse. I mean, there was just a convicted rapist that was caught not too far from our property. Three nights ago, there was a group at our next door neighbor's house uh, circling the vehicles and tapping on their daughter's bedroom window. This is USA Radio News. The way things are going these days, do you ever ask yourself, when is the other shoe going to drop? The warning signs are everywhere. The next big danger is food shortages. That's why Americans are learning to be self-reliant and getting their emergency long-term food storage from My Patriot Supply. We're America's trusted leader in emergency preparedness. Over the past decade, My Patriot Supply has served millions of families and helped them prepare. Our delicious meal kits average 2,000 calories per day and stay fresh in storage up to 25 years. This is reliable food that will be there when disasters strike. And with the way things are going, you should grab some now. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a starter kit for each member of your family, and we'll ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait and scramble with the masses when the news breaks. Instead, prepare today for what's coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. The Supreme Court rules on Arizona's voting integrity laws. Dan Naraki reports. The Supreme Court upheld several voting restrictions in Arizona, ruling Thursday that the measures were not racially discriminatory. The state was challenged over limits on who can return early ballots for someone else and a rule that ballots cast at the wrong precinct would not be counted. Ilya Shapiro is the vice president of the Cato Institute and director of the Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies, and he tells CBS News that the measures that were challenged are common in many other states. The court decided that both of these provisions, as I said, which are pretty common across the country, do not violate uh, that uh, key provision of the Voting Rights Act uh, because they don't cause a huge uh, burden on minorities relative to whites because um, it's not uh, an uncommon type of burden that's put in place. There's kind of a, a lot of factors that the courts are to consider that the Supreme Court gave gave guidance to. But at the end of the day, they said this was kind of a, a common rule that there's no showing that it was racially motivated or that has a, uh, a huge or disproportionate impact on members of racial minorities. USA Radio News. Look, bud, 
I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Now, if you help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic Radio Theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. After lawmakers shot down a January 6th commission, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi moved forward with the commission. Wendy King from the Pacific Northwest USA Radio News Bureau reports. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has chosen a Republican to be part of a committee investigating the insurrection on January 6th. Congresswoman Liz Cheney. The Wyoming Republican has gone against GOP leadership and has agreed to be part of a select House committee to investigate the January 6th attack at the Capitol. Mississippi Democrat Benny Thompson. Scattered activity tonight. The rain chance comes back and looks like a good chance coming in tomorrow. Looks like a good chance daily, Saturday and Sunday, too. Showers and thunderstorms, mostly moderate, sometimes heavy rains. Early morning, 70s, followed by the afternoon highs that'll go mostly to the mid, possibly even the upper 80s through the weekend. We'll be tracking the next several days. The new tropical storm, Elsa, expected to be a minimal tropical storm moving into the Caribbean. It eventually could emerge into the southeast gulf by Monday. We are the boy band. Your tween made you see. We are the boy band. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/slash/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Morris and I have Amy Mertens on the line who is calling from Copper Vine Wine Pub. Hello, Amy. Hi, how are you? It's nice to visit with you again. It's been, what, three or four months since we last talked, and I know that you have a new menu. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I'm sorry that we just never, the gods did not will it. I'm sorry. We were supposed to come and eat your new menu. Had happened. I don't know what to say. That's okay. There will be more time, I'm sure. Yes. I, I, so tell us what, uh, there's a lot of things on it that are new and, and different, and I have some particular mm-hmm. questions about particular items. But uh, tell, oh. tell us what brought you to doing this special menu. <clears throat> it's not really a special menu. It's a new menu. Uh, well, we wanted to be seasonal for uh, spring and summer and just sort of, uh, incorporate some uh, different proteins and uh, showcase New Orleans in a slightly different way. Uh, one of our newest dishes is the trout almondine, which is obviously a, a dish that's been done many, many times, but we wanted to make it ours and sort of make it a staple on our menu. So it was a lot about um, defining ourselves as a restaurant and sort of coming up with those like backbone items that we would want to keep on the menu for a long time. So tell us about the trout amandine with your particular imprimatur on it. Sure. 
Um, so it is uh, basically a gluten-free almond bean. Um, and, of course, a lot of them are. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that the almonds were actually a part of the fish experience. So a lot of the time it's just sort of like sprinkled over the top with the almonds. Yes. Um, but I wanted to do it a little bit uh, more formal, I guess you could say. So instead of doing just a sprinkle, they're browned almonds, but they have like a rice flour crust. Um, and then there's sort of like a Creole and Dijon and a little bit of egg white to bind it onto the fish. And then it's cooked in clarified butter. So it's very like uh, buttery, almondy, and like then you have the tenderness of the fish underneath those almonds. So it's like you get all of the uh, different, you know, uh, senses sort of in there because you can hear the crunch and you can like, you know, taste the buttery uh, portion of it and then all the, you know, beautiful gulf fish that's just in there and it just kind of like all married together. Um, and then... Are you from... Where are you from? Uh, oh, I'm from all over. My family was in the military, so I'm, I'm a... Oh, I'm a military okay. brat. Because <laughs> yeah, um, trout almondine back in the day here in New Orleans used to be that kind of preparation, although nothing like what you described. It used to be almonds in the flour, and it was sort yeah. of, I don't even know how they got it seared on there, but there it was. And then all of a sudden there became this, uh, this fancy version where the fish was coated. There wasn't any almond that I know of in the preparation, but there were just like tons of buttery slivers of almond, none of which is bad. That's right. a, a delicious preparation. Right. But when when you're talking about incorporating almonds into the batter, I go back to that 50-60 version, and uh, that was really good. So I'm kind of really yeah. curious to see you know, how this updated version of that would be. Mm. It's, well, that's, it's, that's sort of what I was going for. I was going for it because I just wanted it all in the same bite. You know, um, so many times, like when you're making a dish, it's like you might have this garnish over here or, you know, this part of the dish that maybe people won't eat just because they don't know to eat it all in one single bite. You know, so I just mm -hmm. wanted to make sure yeah. that it was all, you know, all encompassed all in one. Um, well, it sounds delish. But yeah, so, okay, what else? Thank you. <laughs> um, the fish is uh, on a sauce bin blanc, and we use the leftover champagne uh, from, like, the, the bar downstairs. Where we have over 30 wines on tap, as we've probably said before. Uh, but anytime they open, a, you know, a sparkling bottle, they don't want to resell it or anything, so they give it to the kitchen. And so we make our uh, vin blanc from that. So we make a fish fume, um, and then... Uh, cook it down, and then we uh, add our heavy cream in there and some champagne and sort of turns it into this, like, beautiful, thick, Delish. merry sauce, you know, with a little bit of lemon and some shallots and some chives. And so that's, like, the base of the dish. And then um, we did a lemon butter melted leek with uh, wilted spinach. And then we also did sort of, like, a little spin. Um, we took... Uh, flying fish roe or like tabico. It's like the bright red little fish eggs or fish roe yeah. that you would see like in a sushi bar, right? But those mm -hmm. go into the sauce. So it just adds this like brininess. It's not fishy. It's just a little bit briny and salty. And it just sort of adds that like, oh, that was interesting. Sort of the flavor, umami, uh, as they like well. to say. Yes. yes What's yes. What dish is that? What are you referring to? What dish is that? Uh, the trout almondine. 
Oh, you're wait. So that's part of the trout almondine sauce. Oh yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, that's all one dish. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is complicated. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that's definitely. I can assure you. <laughs> there is nothing in common with the dish I described, uh, except almonds and fish. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but I do want to come try that because that sounds fascinating. Also, a nice pop of color, I think, with the the yes, fish eggs in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what are some of your other favorites? Uh, some of the other favorites uh, we've recently put on a tuna tartare with uh, shupik caviar or the Cajun caviar, which is very mm -hmm. popular here in New Orleans, um, and that yes. has avocado, cucumber, and lemon, and it and it comes with like a white truffle vinaigrette, so you get like that fish along with the umami of that truffle, the earthiness of the truffle, and then you sort of have the creaminess of the avocado and then that zing of lemon. So, mm -hmm. and that's served with like uh, everything bagel crackers. That's Ooh. one of our shareables for, um, we actually do a happy hour version of it, and, which is a little bit smaller. And then we do like our full size appetizer as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also, do you have any questions about that one? <laughs> Do I have, yeah, I don't have a question, but I do have a story that'll sort of um, sure, make sure. you swoon. Um, okay. This goes. This will give you an idea how long we've been married. But uh, Shupik caviar came out right before my husband and I got married, and because uh -huh. Tom was in the business, he had sort of an inside. Uh, um, you know, he knew ahead of time that it was it was coming, and so we had uh, a pretty fabulous wedding, if I do say so myself. And um, <laughs> there were just pounds and pounds of shoe pick caviar on ice and we looked oh, like wow. we had just really blown it up it was really only 25 dollars a pound <laughs> so it was it it impressed everyone mightily it impressed everyone yeah okay so did did you um, you have an ancient grain salad that i wanted to ask you about mm -hmm. yep uh we have an ancient grain salad uh it's sort of my take on like a cob salad, but it's, it's a little bit more savory um, and very different, but it sort of looks like a cob salad when you get it, even though all the ingredients don't really match. Um, it is uh, quinoa, uh, like boiled and uh, steamed quinoa, and then golden beets that have been roasted in salt, um, and mm. then crispy bacon, fresh cheese, usually fresh goat cheese, um, although we do have a charcuterie board on our menu and a lot of the time we'll like if we have little scraps left over from like parmesan or something we'll throw it in there too just for some lanyette um mm -hmm. dried fruit so like clumps up golden raisins and cranberries with a little brandy a little bit of sugar in there um with those golden raisins and, and uh cranberries some toasted pumpkin seeds uh this this uh the greens that go on the salad are like hearty baby kale and then also sort of like a mix of arugula and some radicchio in there well um, and then uh, sugarcane vinaigrette so basically we take uh, garlic and fry it until it's like really nice and golden and then we add mm. in like cane vinegar and cane syrup and then we turn that into a vinaigrette uh, and that we toss delicious. the kale in that it's very very uh, aromatic and it's got a sweeter side as well um, yeah, and then really there's good. red onion on there it's, it's got all the things so you get the crunch you get the acid from the cheese and then you have like the Feel healthy you know. too, I think. Definitely. All right, Amy, hold on for hold on for a few minutes. We have to take a break and we'll be right back with Amy Mertens from the Copper Vine Wine Pub. <laughs> 
Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Autumn in New York. Why does it seem so inviting? We are back, the food show with Marianne Fitzmorris and Amy Mertens is called to talk about the new menu at Copper Vine Wine Pub. All right, I have my own list of questions that I want to ask you about your menu, but I assume that you have your own list too. So as the guest, I will defer and you you do yours first and then I'm going to ask you mine. Okay, I, I'd just like to tell you a little bit more about a few more of the dishes, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, couple other ones that we have recently, uh, we started doing a rosemary honey bacon wrapped date, um, and that has a little bit of Creole cream cheese, a little bit of cayenne, and some pecans. And That's my, are, like, one of my dishes, uh, too. I want to ask you oh, about really? that. Yes, oh, you, sure. you have dates, and I think you've had dates for a long time, and I see dates. Yeah. I see dates, and I want to love dates. And I do okay. kind of like dates, but I think it's really <laughs> unusual that dates are out there. And so what is it that attracts you to dates? And and is it fun to work with them? And what sort of flavors, if a person wanted to experiment with dates, what sort of things go with dates? Uh, truly, you could do anything with dates. You could make a glaze out of them. You could make them savory. You could put them in desserts. Like, they're very versatile because they're actually not uh, a very strong flavor. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if you think yes. about... Yeah. Uh, if you they're like, about a, they're like, like a thing. Like, they're like a thing that you attach flavors to. For sure. And they have, like, this, like, candy-like sweetness to them. Yes. Um, yes. And they're also sort of, like almost solid like they're not even really solid because they have like that little crunchy crust on the outside and then they're just like smooth you know yeah. you have to be careful of the pit you know there's a big old pit in there um but once they're, they're, they're a you know, mouthful pitted, you can pretty much do anything you want with it like you could turn it into yeah. bread you know like you could make yeah. it a part of like a, a tapenade or something it's, they're like um, chestnuts only good yeah uh, I know a lot of people that don't like them as well. You know, I I personally love them. I like to incorporate them into all the things because I find them very useful. You know, um, yeah. we did a eggplant relish and we put some dates in there and it sounds weird, but it tasted really, really great. You know, um, I think it's just whatever you want to do with them, you can do with it yeah. for sure. Yeah, they're they're like they're like a mouthful of nothing. And then you make it something. And you're like one of the only people that seems 
up for this challenge to make date something. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. whenever I see dates and it tells me about the person that's offering them that they are adventuresome. And I, I want, I want to come along on the ride. I want to get dates. I want to love them. So I'm glad oh, well, you come have on over. Uh, well, well, one I of these days. <laughs> that was really interesting. You had um, what? We, we made a, a date boudin, but it was like smoky boudin, and then you had these sweet little dates inside of it, and it was probably sacrilege. Like, it probably is going to offend someone that I did that, you know, but like, it came out very, very great. It was good, <laughs> so, though, because, I mean, sometimes it can it be very good. fun, but not good. Okay, so it was good. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, okay. we uh, stuffed little Cornish hens with the boudin and the, oh, and the dates. Oh, I bet so, that was good. And we, like, glazed little Cornish hens. You know, it was it was fun. Yeah, I bet you that was good. All right, what else is on your list? Um, we did, uh, I'm not sure if you have it before, but we do a uh, uh, pork belly and corn fried oysters. And That's another one on my list. Because we just have so much so much of a happy hour, you know. Um, uh-huh. We have that happy hour crowd, so people like to come in, have, you know, a glass or two of wine or do like a flight of wine, and then they just like to have the one appetizer or something like that just to split amongst friends. So mm-hmm. our shareable and snack section is very large. Um, it is. But yeah, we do a, a crystal glazed pork belly, crystal hot sauce glazed pork belly with some pickled okra, some blue cheese crumbles. We do a um, buttermilk dressing, but it's almost like a buttermilk tartar sauce because it goes mm. so well with those crispy fried oysters. And so you have like that like savory dill along with the spicy and then some sweet in there. So. Um, All right, that, that's well. another dish that's on my list that I wanted to ask okay. you about because I saw pork belly and oysters together for the first time ever at Commander's a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, I this does not seem like it goes together. So what made you pair pork belly and oysters? And is this kind of a thing that's happening that I'm just being well, aware of. If you think about it at the core, right? Seafood and bacon, they go together really well, right? They um, do. So like, yeah, you put, you know, bacon around shrimp or bacon around yeah. scallops and nobody thinks twice about it, you know, mm-hmm. but if you call it pork belly and it's prepared slightly different, but it has a very similar flavor, it's just a different textural component. Um, I think that it, it does sort of make people question it at first, but I think once you try it, it's not so much different than, you know, like your, you know, beloved scallops and bacon, mm-hmm. you know, it still has that salty, smoky pork component along with the salty, you know, briny oyster, right? Okay, so, so. I, picked, I picked it apart and I ate the pork belly and I ate the oysters, but you say that you think we should eat this together and incorporate it together. So it's like a, oh, a mouthful absolutely. of seafood and pork belly. Okay, all right, I'm down. Oh, okay. yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, you have like the pork, the pork is kind of like sticky, you know, and the oyster is kind of crunchy and salty, you know, so it kind of balances each other out because you have that fattiness, you know? All right. You sold me. All right. What else is on your list? (laughs) Um, I also recently put on a um, filet mignon and uh, grilled oyster mushroom brochette, which is sort of like a skewer. and we did that with a, a sweet pepper tomb or like with garlic uh, forest mm. glaze, which is basically a molasses-based 
glaze. It's got molasses and soy sauce and, you know, chilies and garlic in there. Um, but it's very earthy. It's got, like, an earthy tone to it, and that incorporates with the oysters very well uh, or, like, uh, sort of enhances the oysters, the oyster mushrooms very, very well. And then uh, we grill it over the grill while we're glazing it so you get, like, those crispy edges of the glaze and then... Uh, the oyster mushrooms are fully cooked right around the time the fillets are medium, you know, and then that goes on top of the whipped uh, sweet pepper garlic sauce, and then we serve it with just a little touch of um, pea shoots. That sounds actually really good. That is not on my list, but only because I didn't see it on your list. So maybe <laughs> uh, I just have to come in and get that. All right. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if the next three items on my list also mesh with yours. Go ahead with your next one. Okay. Um, we also recently changed uh, to doing a burrata and heirloom, uh, heirloom tomato with an eggplant, tapenada, basil, mint, and balsamic. And lots of olive oil, of course. And that's sort of like served with a side of uh, baguette toast points. And it's sort of one of those dishes where you would like spoon it onto your toast point and then eat it. So it's very like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's definitely middle of the table, share with a friend if you want to, yeah. kind of a shareable dish. Um, burrata, okay. as you probably know, is the type of mozzarella that's filled with like a mozzarella cream. Um, I find that, and we brine ours, so they're like really well seasoned, but I find that they just mm. sort of like, you put one fork in there and it just like explodes and you can just sort of mix it in with all of the eggplant caponata. Um, the eggplant caponata also has like olives and capers and golden raisins and roasted eggplant and sweet peppers, mm. and lots of like vinegar and olive oil. So it's like sweet relish. Meza. It's like a meza. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Basil okay. and, and mint in there as well. Um, oh, so that's mint one of our too? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. All right. I love, I love adding herbs to everything. <laughs> that sounds delicious and very Mediterranean. Very Mediterranean. Very, yeah. Well, I mean, we have wines from all over the world, so a lot of our food, as long as it goes with wine, it works, you know? Yeah. Um, right, sure. I try to keep, you know, a basis in, like, the New Orleans foundation, but, you know, mm -hmm. I try to make it our Orange own out. as well, even if it's Mediterranean. Of course. Yeah. 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 As Tom likes to say, all food goes with all wine. So yes. I, I think does. that's generally true. All right. What else? So I've got three. We st you still haven't gotten to my list, so I'm curious to see when I know there's got I know there's one thing that's gotta be on both our lists I'm looking at. Oh Keep most going. likely. I uh, I do look at the food every day, so I, if I miss something, you'll have to let me know. Um we recently changed to doing a uh, gnocchi au gratin, which is a potato-based gnocchi, uh, smoked gouda, melted gruyere. There's a Mornay sauce that sort of like makes it into um, almost like a mac and cheese. And then we put a mm -hmm. lemon and garlic gremolata over the top, and then we bake it. So it's sort of like baked mac and cheese, but with gnocchi. And um, overall, uh, overwhelmingly good positive feedback, but it also can be a little bit heavy if you're not prepared for what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but like heavy is you. kind of divine, so why not? Oh, Although it is, you know, I'm, getting hotter outside. I was going to ask you about the crawfish and andouille gnocchi. So is that not, uh, am I looking at a, another list? So the au gratin is sort of a shareable. Um, the crawfish and andouille gnocchi, same gnocchi recipe. It's the potato um, gnocchi. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is 
the crawfish mandui gnocchi is our entree version. We have a smaller version and a larger version, so it depends on how hungry okay. you are. And that crawfish okay. mandui gnocchi is basically, you know, grilled andouille and uh, crawfish tailed, fresh tomatoes, spinach, garlic, shallots, lemon zest. I use a lot of lemons, <laughs> uh, fresh mm-hmm. herbs. And then we do a miso broth, but we reduce it down, like we cook the gnocchi in the miso, and then we butter it out um, mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So towards the end, so it becomes fairly mellow, and you just have that umami from the miso. And it's also okay, so it's I'm a, going... It's got a good broth taste to it. All right. Miso is the hot item of the moment, and... Whenever I see oh, it, I, I well, I think so. Yeah, for people much younger than me, usually. So tell us what miso is, and why it's so popular, and what it actually mm-hmm. does in a dish, besides make you oh. look trendy. Right. <laughs> um, well, I've actually used miso my whole life, um, and I, I, you know, I, I've always liked it. Uh, it's always been something that sort of makes me feel nostalgic. I lived in Japan when I was a kid. Like I said, I was a military, uh, military mm-hmm. brat uh, growing up. So I always drank miso soup before a meal when I lived there, you know, and it was just like very traditional. Um, and also something that, you know, drink when you were, you know, feeling ill or, you know, you just needed to like warm up or something. Um, and it's also one of the fastest soups to make. You know, um, especially if you just have, like, the miso paste at home. So miso is a traditional Japanese uh, fermented soybean, right? And they use salt and a bacteria um, called koji uh, in order to sort of ferment it. And they ferment it for about a year, I believe. Um, But it can be much longer. And they have all kinds of different, you know, miso. They have, like, the white miso and red miso. They have, you know, the shiro miso. So they have, like, uh, miso made with barley, specifically, you know what I mean? So it, it is a very wide variety. It, mm-hmm. They have their, you know, a wide variety of types and, and um, flavors and whatnot. Is Some it a powder? A no, ma'am. It's more like, um, it's more like a paste, you know? It, it almost looks Cake. like okay. peanut butter, you know? It huh. almost looks like peanut okay. butter. It's almost the texture of peanut butter. Um, and what you do is typically you take it and you take a tiny bit of water and you just whisk it out until it becomes kind of a broth and you just add a little more water and a little more water until it becomes more of like a soup so that way you don't get lumps. Um, but it is sort of this flavor that like if you've never had it before, it's hard to explain it, but it has this umami quality, this fermented quality that you just can't get from anything else. Right. Um, okay. And that's how most. Right, wait, I have to stop you. Are. I have to stop you. Uh, sure. Amy, we have to stop for a second. I have a hard break. We're going to go to the news okay. at 3 30. We're in the Louisiana Radio Network. We'll be back with Amy Mertens. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorington. Bogalusa Representative Melinda White is leaving the Democratic Party, citing frustration with partisan politics. Matt Doyle has more. LaPolitics.com publisher Jeremy Alford says yet another rural Democrat is leaving the party. And this one just 
arrives kind of at the peak of intrigue with a possible veto session on tap. And former state Democratic Party head Stephen Handwork indicated it may have been the result of intra-party friction. Some of the attacks that she got from the left probably hurt a lot more, and I think that that probably uh, certainly lent itself to her making this decision. White has re-registered under no party. I'm Matt Doyle. This afternoon, Governor Edwards announced that he's vetoed 28 pieces of legislation from the 2021 regular session, two high-profile bills, the ability to conceal carry without a permit, and legislation to keep transgender females from competing in women's sports are among the 28 vetoed. If lawmakers agree to hold a historic veto session, it would be held July 20th. LRN. Listen up, folks. They're fun and fast. The Fast Play games are here from the lottery. Play Fabulous 5 went up to $25,000. Visit any lottery retailer and pick up Fabulous 5 and see if you've won. Play Fast Play. Check it out. Here's another fun Fast Play game. Play Money, Money, Money went up to $500. Visit any lottery retailer and pick up Money, Money, Money and see if you've won. Fast Play. Fun in a flash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed. We all do. Thank you, Tom. We are with Amy Mertens here on The Food Show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Amy is with Copper Vine Wine Pub, and we are going through a new menu. They have an extensive menu there, which sounds actually really, really great. So uh, can you hang with us like another five or ten minutes, Amy? Do you have enough time to do that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay, good. All right, so we left off uh, with the explanation of miso, and I, I didn't have any idea what it actually was as a substance by itself, but I see it everywhere, and I, I'm, is it, it seems like it might be kind of a cousin of tofu or something. Uh, similar fermenting concept, um, a little bit different, you know, outcome. A lot, a lot different outcome. Mm-hmm. Actually, traditional miso does have tofu in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're okay. making the miso soup, there's usually tofu in it. Um, the best way to describe it is sort of like the the flavor that you get from like a dried mushroom. You know, that like oh. deep oh. umami flavor. 
Uh-huh. It's sort of like you get that from miso, and then it's also extremely salty, so you do have to like water it down or, or use it in a uh-huh. broth or a sauce or something. Um, I see. But then once we butter it out in our gnocchi dish, it becomes very mellow. You know, once you add any kind mm. of fat to it, any cream or butter or anything mm. like that, it becomes extremely mellow and just sort of stays in the background without being like overwhelming. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that sounds really, so, that sounds really, uh, really like um, rich, like a depth of flavor that, you know, you could mm-hmm. only get from that. Absolutely. Yes. And most, most okay. fermented items, you know, have that depth of flavor or that quality just because you know, they've had time, you know, they yeah. had time and yeah. care put into them. And usually the things that have the most time and care put into them are the best. Right. True. Absolutely. All right. So why is chimichurri so popular with steak? What are, what are the elements in chimichurri Ooh. that lend it to be a regular companion of steak? You're right. It is traditional. And, you know, with the heat outside, I think that's a part of it. Um, we originally had, like, an applause sauce, which is like a cream-based black peppercorn sauce. And I was just like, you know what? It's too heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And we needed something that uh, sort of married well with steak, but also could be our own thing. So we did a green, a grilled green onion sweet cherry. Um, and I think it's really the freshness from the garlic, the freshness from, like, the cilantro and parsley that's in it. Uh, we do a cilantro and parsley, and then we do also like the grilled green onions, sort of add that like smokiness to mm-hmm. it. Um, and then there's just like the steak needs some kind of acid to cut through it, right? So steak can traditionally be very heavy, but let's say you're doing it for a you know a lunch for steak and fruits or something like that, which we do uh, with our chimichurri and then our uh, batter coated fries here. Um, but they, you know, it's just such a heavy dish otherwise, especially if you're just like eating yeah. steak for lunch and you want to like mm-hmm. get going afterwards. So mm-hmm. I wanted something that would be, you know, the traditional steak freeze, but maybe something that cuts through all of that so you don't like feel like you can't continue your day. Yeah. So that's a part <laughs> of it. But I think it's like, I think it's really like a freshness that comes along with it and that acid especially. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're still doing the fresh cut fries, I I assume Yes. Okay, just checking because your fries are really good and and I have an obsession about fresh cut fries. All right, so I saved it for last. Tell us about your plant-based thing. Mm -hmm. The green vine burger. Yes, yes. 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 (laughs) Um, Well, actually, it is impossible, uh, Patty. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's a pea-based protein patty, um, and it's, you know, vegan, vegetarian-friendly. I, I believe it's also gluten-free as well, which is, you know, helpful for anybody who's, you know, going through an alternative lifestyle. Um, but our burger, the setup for it is a uh, olive oil uh, toasted ciabatta bun with the green onion chimichurri, or I think we call it a green onion relish, um, because it is. And then we do the uh, whipped garlic on the other side of the bun. And then the patty goes down, some sunflower seeds. We really love sunflower seeds and their crunch. Um, and I think it just goes really well with this particular sandwich. Um, and then some fresh alfalfa sprouts, some tomatoes. And I mean, really, that's the whole dish. People do tend to add, like, if they're not observing a vegan lifestyle, they also do um, add 
you get all kinds of additions to that sandwich, but people have a good time with it. Sometimes there's added avocado, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does it does kind of like fulfill that like green uh, <laughs> lifestyle, you know. And and I honestly eat it pretty often. <laughs> You what? You eat it pretty often, you said? I, I yeah. do eat it very often, yeah. It's a, it's a good, like, lunch sandwich, especially if you're trying to be healthy or on the healthier side. So. Okay, well, I'm going to stick to, if I'm going to eat vegetables, I'm going to be just an old fuddy-duddy and stick to, like, you know, steamed spinach and other vegetables on a plate as separate entities collected on a fork together. That's just me. <laughs> I do that at my own house. Um, and of course, if anybody wait, wants to come to the restaurant and just get vegetables and, you know, fish on a plate, we can also do that. You know, we do that pretty often. So. Yeah. Okay. So was there anything else that I missed? Oh, oh yeah. The Cajun carrots. I, you know, mm-hmm. the first time I ever had carrots that blew my mind was actually over on the North Shore. We live on the North Shore. And um, okay. do you know Jeff Mattia? No, I Do you know not. Jeff Mattia? Okay. He's got a place called Pyre Provisions over here, and he was the partner of the Baco Bar. He was one of the, okay, the, the, yeah. the one that passed. Yeah. You know, do you know who I'm t- talking about now? I know, I know Chef Carl. Okay. He, so his Chef partner. Carl is the one who passed. Okay. Right. It. So his, his partner. Yeah. And, uh, and Jeff has, you know, he's got the place over on the North Shore and it took over the old Baco Bar and, um, I got carrots there one time. They were this this glazed like carrot ribbons and they just oh, okay. blew my mind. They just blew my mm-hmm. mind and I'd never had carrots that I would go to a restaurant to eat carrots. So I'm hoping that this Cajun carrots, which sounds pretty good, would be another dish that mm-hmm. I could get wildly excited about carrots. Well, I hope so. Although the texture will still just be a carrot. It, it, the ribbon sounds phenomenal, honestly, because I'm not a big, I'm not a big um, carrot person myself, actually. But I, I just love this dish when I tried it. I, I think I did it for like a little tasting one time and I was just like, this is the young menu, you know? Um, yeah. But we took basically um, like our own blend of uh, sort of Cajun barbecue seasoning and toss the carrots in the Cajun barbecue seasoning with a little bit of garlic and parsley and oil. Um, and then we roast them um, to order, you know. Um, and then we take toasted pecans and fresh dill and um, some, like, dill-based ranch sauce. Um, and then we pretty much put the ranch sauce down in the bottom of the plate, put our barbecue carrots in there, and we put more barbecue seasoning and some fresh lemon juice over them. And then the toasted pecans and the dill. It's actually a very, very simple dish, but it sort of has that, like, acid and then that barbecue smokiness. And then you have, like, the sweetness of the carrots and the ranch in there. So, and the crunchiness of the pecans. So, it kind of marries together and works. Works. (laughs) Yes, I think I could get really excited about that dish because I don't eat enough carrots. And carrots 
really are just they just sort of sit there generally speaking i mean okay you can yeah. you can dip them in ranch dressing as a raw vegetable and okay what fun <laughs> is that and generally speaking the most excited i ever get with carrots is if it's in like a roast chicken the same pan mm -hmm. with roast so chicken and that too. is delish that's delish mm -hmm. but to get really excited about carrots it seems like a far stretch but i'm telling you jeff Mattia did it so this sounds like an exciting dish i'm gonna have to try that sounds good very good mm -hmm. all right anything else on the menu that we can't miss oh um we do a french shallot soup but mm. um it's a little bit different, you know, like if you have your traditional French onion, you know, but I decided to do a French shallot, which is more of like a French onions, more like beef broth based and it's heavier yes. and it's, got, you uh -huh. know, sometimes they put like a whole onion in there, you know, and put the cheese like in the onion and then, you know, put the soup over it and stuff like that. Um, and you think of it as like being very like big and heavy, or at least I do in my mind. Um, yeah. But the French shallot is more of like uh, we make our own chicken broth, our own roasted chicken broth. Um, so it's a lighter version. Of that. It's a little bit lighter version, uh -huh. um, a little bit, you know, more feminine, I would say. It's like a feminine version of the French <laughs> um, But okay. we uh, make our own French shallot soup, lots of sage and thyme and, you know, white wine. Uh, and then it is thickened a little bit. But then we do... Um, like our own pub cheese as well. So you can think like pimento cheese, but we add wine to ours. So it's like uh, aged Irish cheddar and white wine and a little bit of mustard mm. and some cheese. And it's sort of like green good. onions. And it's sort of like, yeah, it's a, it's a pub cheese. It's a wine, wine pimento yeah. basically. Um, okay. And then we do crostinis, put the pub cheese on there and we do some fresh gruyere as well on our okay. French salad. It's a very simple It does. Cheese, that sounds good. It. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah. Okay, so one last question before you go. You sure. are you you call yourselves a gastropub. You hear that term mm -hmm. a lot. And I would like your definition of a gastropub. Ooh. So uh, this is such an interesting concept to me, which is part of the reason I'm still here, you know, um, <laughs> because we sort of took the whole wine bar thing and made it casual. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I think. It's like this polished, casual, like you can come in and you can have a burger and you can make it, you know, you can have a burger and a beer and be done, or you mm -hmm. can like make it this extravagant meal. And I think right. the combination of like being able to sort of like choose your own adventure and have anything you want sort of mm -hmm. makes it that gastropub. It's like you can, you just have so many opportunities. You do have a lot of opportunities there. I will say this. Right. I, I, I remember when you first opened. When did you open? When did you open? Ooh, uh, ooh I'm going to get this wrong, and I apologize. Uh, I think it was, three year, it was three years ago. We turned to during COVID, and that was, you know, pretty tough. Um, but it was in September three years ago. Is that it? Really? I believe it was like the 11th or the 7th. Yes. Huh? Because we had a we had an apartment across the street there, and I could have sworn you were there when we were there. That was 2017. So, um, what was there? Oh, I know it was there before that. Never mind. Okay. Mm. Um, there was Maylies, and then there was Happy's, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it was happy right. when we were there. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's really evolved. It's really evolved into something um, much more and much more complex and much more interesting, I think. Um, you started off sort of slowly, and I, I think I it's agree. really it's really which is which is certainly the way to do it i mean you know when i go into a restaurant that's brand new and the and the menu is you know like the size of a phone book i go what this is not a good start this is this How is dangerous <laughs> you know <laughs> so i really like the I things agree. that you've added and the way you've added and the way that you've grown and i'm just excited for you i think it's it's really trending in a great uh, great way so i'm glad you were oh, on and i definitely want to come you. in and try some of those things at some point oh, <laughs> We haven't had a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, all right. Come, you know, if it's meant to be, right? Yes. <laughs> in, all in good time. All right. Take care, Amy. I thank Absolutely. you for being with us. Amy Mertens from the Copper Vine Wine Pub, and we'll be back. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. All righty, we are winding up the week. TGIF heading into the holiday weekend. But before I jump back into the show, I want to say that Jack Mel Inn would be a good place for you to go tonight or over the weekend. It is in Hammond, so it is a drive. It is also, as I've said many times before, very worth it. It's delicious. The food of Josh Garrick is paired very nicely with the wines chosen by the owner, Paul Murphy. 43 years running at Jack Mellon in a beautiful little house. Very cozy, intimate environment. Great for a brunch, wedding, party. Just outdoor dining. I don't know about outdoor in this kind of heat, but they do have lush gardens and a lovely patio. They have steak night on Tuesday night. Uh, today, uh, you missed it. Two-course lunch for $15. It is a terrific restaurant, and if you haven't been there, you are overdue. Go experience Jackamel Inn. They are located in Hammond between the east and west versions of Highway 190, lush gardens, and just two signs on either side. You can see that that's Jackmel Inn. Pull up and enjoy yourself for the evening. Lovely, lovely place. Delicious food. Jackmel Inn, 903 East Morris Avenue in Hammond to make a reservation, and you should definitely do that. 985-542-0043. All right, so we started off with this tirade about service, and I just want to conclude a few things about that. We eat out just about every meal, 
So there is an awful lot of service going on for us. And actually, you know, we've gotten to where we know people at all of these places. So we would never be treated, you know, in any way other than very welcomed. And um, this was at a different place. And um, I, like I said, I'm not going to say what it is, but I draw a difference between inept service, which is not, it's, it's mildly annoying, but not infuriating. Um, service that is breaking down beyond the control of the server, which then I just start feeling sorry for them and tend to tip more than I would otherwise. Or service that is um, insulting. I mean, that's the only way, that's the only way to put it. And um, I would like to just walk away and not tip anything as a response to this, but I usually tip, and I've actually tipped 20% on that, and I really hate myself for doing that because it's just being done out of duress so that the person cannot say, well, I knew it from the beginning. But I've decided I'm going to walk away from that and I'm going to just tip accordingly, although I proved that I'm not going to do that because today I got, I tipped 15% when I wanted to tip 10%. And so I guess maybe I'm working my way up to it or down to it. But um, I just, I don't understand the kind of service that we had today where you just automatically assess a table uh, as being unworthy of your attention. That is what I got loud and clear out of it. And I, like I said, it takes a lot to uh, insult me. I would say five five six nine six nine six is the number, but uh, if you want to get in and and talk very quickly, that's about all the time we have left. I thank everyone who called today, and especially uh, new callers, because uh, that's what keeps the show going. When you when you call a talk show and talk, that's the idea. I do not have any particular plans for the Fourth of July. Someone asked me that earlier. I hope that you do. We, I don't think, are having a show on Monday. Are we, Patty? Did, is, has that been determined yet? Are we doing? We're not having a show on Monday. So you are on your own to enjoy yourself for the 4th of July. And you can call us back. Yeah. Well, so we're going to have like two shows that we didn't do this week. But you know what? It's a holiday. We're still taking it anyway. Yesterday was sort of a bonus holiday, which I have to say I didn't mind very much at all. But um, I didn't, I wound up not not doing much with it. I was intending to go to Doe's Eat Place. And then I wound up, it, the traffic was so bad to Baton Rouge that I decided to turn around. Uh Stand, though, did make it to Doe's Eat Place. And I love the audience. I love the fact that we are such a group of people who are on an adventure together. It's heartwarming to me. I get emails after every show about things that were on the show from people who don't want to call. And you know what? That's okay. Um, but I, I mentioned that, that uh, I got an email from someone offering to... Um, bring me some Doe's hot tamales before Stan uh, had his. And I actually, had I gone to Baton Rouge, I would have had them the same night that Stan had his. But last night I got a text from Stan with a bunch of pictures from Doe's. 
and I can't wait to talk to him about the place. It is a fascinating story and a fascinating place and supposedly pretty good. I mean, like good. So, um, you know, uh, he, he sent me some pictures of these pots. I mean, really old fashioned pots of soaking potatoes and pictures of the hot tamales, which frankly looked very different than what I expected them to look like. At some point, I will get to Doe's Eat Place, the original one, but I don't expect that anytime soon. I'm just going to run really quickly through the almanac today, see if there's anything really, really interesting that we need to to mention. Today is the birthday of Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's Hamburgers. 1932. He passed away, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. It seems like he did anyway. Uh, it's probably longer than that. As I always say, Tempest does fidget. All right, the words to drink by today. They speak of my drinking, but never think of my thirst. Tom has these very unusual mystical kinds of usually Scottish sayings. I don't know where he gets them, but there they are. Words to eat by from Thomas More. Food is an implement of magic, and only the most cold-hearted rationalist could squeeze the juices of life out of it and make it bland. In a true sense, a cookbook is the best source of psychological advice. And the kitchen, the first choice of room for a therapy of the world. That is so true. That explains the fact that no matter how many times I resolve to stop eating chocolate, I don't. And that is a pity, but what can I say? It's, it's a stressful time. 2002? Oh my yeah. gosh, time does fly. 2002, wow. And his first that name is... was Rex. That's almost 20 years ago. Rex. Rex yeah. David Thomas. Hmm. Wow. I'm, uh, I wanted to ask people, we got, we got onto other callers and then we talked to Amy for a while, but I want to know if that, uh, while you're looking things up, Patty, would you look up and see if Cheeburger Cheeburger is still around? Because that, that sounds like a place worth going to. If, if they're still doing everything the old-fashioned way, uh, kudos to them because most people do not do that and uh and i'm i'm impressed that's all you can say so i've already got one email about the show today already anyway uh have a great weekend everyone happy fourth of july it is incredible that we are actually in the fourth of july weekend and i hope it's a a nice day. They are? Where are the locations? Do they have like a map of them or something? Yeah, they're all over. Amherst, New York, Annapolis, Maryland, Auburn, Alabama, really? Buff, huh. uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, De Perez, Missouri, and Dolphin, Alabama, Forest Hills, New York, Fort Myers, Florida, huh. Homedale, New Jersey, and the list wow. goes on and on. <laughs> 
Okay, then. I'm going to have to try that in my next, when I start traveling again, even if it's on the road. All right. Happy anniversary to WGSO. It is their 75th anniversary. The 75 for 75 campaign is rolling. So please go to the website, WGSO.com, and click the yellow button that says Donate. Your donation will be tax deductible because in addition to being 75 years as the only locally owned news talk station in town and the community voice of the Crescent City, they're now a 501c3 corporation. So go to the website, click the button that says Donate, and we can improve things across the board here at the station. Happy anniversary to WGSO. We here on The Food Show have another platform or two called nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Please go visit it if you have not. There's a treasure trove of information there about food in general and New Orleans food in particular. There's a bunch of restaurant reviews. There are 400 recipes. The list of all the restaurants that are open is there. It's called The List in quotes. We have podcasts of the show. If you missed any of the show, you can go right to the website, nomenu.com. Front page says food show. Click on there and you can get the podcast. Please tell a friend about the show. We'd love to, uh, I think they would appreciate it. It's just a, a show about not much of any great importance, but it's fun and it gives you pleasure. And that's a lovely thing to have, particularly in times like these. I think they'd be quite grateful. You can sign up for our newsletter if you go to nomenu.com. Uh, you will sign, you'll see a thing that says subscribe. It is a newsletter that comes out twice a week, which has the almanac and all of the things that we talk about on the show, the extinct restaurants, and just Tom's general 50-year body of work, plus specials around town and the dining diary. We have our Instagram also, at the New Orleans menu, pretty pictures of things that we eat around town. Please follow us there as well. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show, and we will be back on Tuesday. Remember, no show on Monday. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. WGSO New Orleans. Time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Four o'clock. Good night. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. President Joe Biden cuts off a reporter's question on Afghanistan, telling her that he refuses to answer any more questions on the subject during a presser on the June jobs report. I'm not going to answer any more questions on Afghanistan. Look, it's 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week, but on this the holiday weekend, I'm going to celebrate it. The woman who allegedly held out a banner causing a crash of dozens of cyclists during the first stage of the Tour de France last